Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this special edition of VGC, a video game podcast. It's our review special of Marvel's Spider-Man 2. And I'm joined by some of the UK's most available game critics to talk about the game. We have Laura Kate Dale from Accessibility. We have Stacey Henley from The Gamer. We have Ewan Moore from Gaming Bible. Now, don't worry, this is going to be spoiler free because if we told you anything spoilerish, even though he's about to leave, Jim Ryan would come into this review, break my neck, and it would be all over. <laughs> so just sit down, relax, don't worry about it too much. Um, and I'm just going to start by finding out from our panel where they fall on the love-hate relationship with Spider-Man 1. Laura, kick us off. How do you feel about Insomniac's Marvel's Spider-Man the first? I really enjoy the first Spider-Man. Um, I'm someone that likes open-world games in theory, but really, really burns out on them very quickly. I find keeping track of all the things that are to do in an open world, I just fall off of them. Mm. And Spider-Man is one of only a very small handful of open world games that I went and 100%ed. Um, I very much enjoyed just being in that world. Um, I think it's a credit to any open world video game that I don't want to fast travel in um, and that I want to go and collect every little collectible bit. It, it it may have had its little problems here or there, but I very much enjoy it. And I'm I'm on the end of the spectrum where you don't have to change much for me to go, yes, just keep giving me more of this. Nice. Stacey, Spider-Man 1, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty similar. I mean, Jordan, you know that I'm not always into the big AAA um, blockbusters. They're not always... That's why I get you on here. ...types of games. <laughs> but um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is the the exception of that for me. I um, My wife really loves uh 24 the series and i hate it i think it's stupid and when i play spider-man she says this is your 24 this is your ridiculous turn your brain off you know you shouldn't enjoy it but you do kind of that's what spider-man is to me so i've i've got a lot of time for it and i love the way insomniac makes games as well you know they put somebody out so quickly they don't seem to have any big problems with crunch culture or um some of the issues at other naughty dog studios about other Sony Studios like Naughty Dog have of taking ages on a really big game. So, yeah, big fan. Mm. You and yourself on Spider-Man 1? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Laura and Stacey. I mean, Spider-Man is my like, all-time personal favourite fictional character. I adore him. And I think Insomniac's take on that world is, for the most part, one of my favourite adaptations of the character um, outside of the comics. And I think it suffers from sort of open world checklist stuff. The side content isn't necessarily the most interesting, but the way you move through that world is what makes it interesting. You know, your Spider-Man swinging from point A to point B, even if point A and point B aren't particularly interesting, sort of getting there is 
yeah definitely um i was i was much more positive about spider-man than um until i started talking to people in this this horrible industry they're all like oh it's such a such a such a seven it's such a eight and i was like yeah it kind of is but it's like a really good one of those games it's like a great start to what would become like miles morales which i think is a much better game and now spider-man 2 which is a much much better game so let's get into top line i think spider-man 2 is fantastic i think it is one of the best games on playstation 5 i think it can sit quite comfortably up there in the kind of superhero echelon with arkham asylum arkham city which are the two that always they're always kind of unattainable but i think this is the one that finally gets there in terms of the sheer pacing of the main story the amount of different things you're doing the amount of mechanics that insomniac will bring up for two minutes and go you know what you're about to get bored of this let's throw it away completely the amount of surprises that that back third is packed with and i think the actual story is something that is stronger than i mean this is not a great competition but stronger than a lot of what is going on in the marvel like cinematic side right at this minute but yeah i am super super high on spider-man i think we got it on thursday or something and i'd completed it by the sunday because i just could not yeah. stop playing that yeah. thing it is i think it's great stacy noted big game hater how do you feel about spider-man 2 um bearing in mind that i didn't review Baldur's gate for us which would be the exception spider-man is my highest rated review of the year nice um three I stars really, really, i agree <laughs> <laughs> Um, a four and a half. I actually did get an actual good review. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the thing that you were saying really about the the confidence that Insomniac has is a really big one for me. Um, the the radial menu for attacks has gone. I didn't like that in the previous two games. I think the way the um, gadgets work with each other, there's the the web mine that swings everything together, and you've got the concussive grenades that you can then bring people towards. So there's some really cool. Um, setups that you can do when you can with the web zip line you can kind of make battle arenas your own so i think insomniac gives you a lot of tools to um play spider-man a little bit your way which only really happened with the web swinging that we've all talked about um in the previous game the rest of it was not scripted it wasn't like quick time events but it was very there was a certain way to do kind of every encounter and i think this time there's a little bit more freedom to it so yeah big Big fan of Spider-Man 2. Bigger than I was of Spider-Man 1. Yes, and, and just on that, it reminded me, um, in Spider-Man 1, and I think it was in Miles Morales 2, there was a there was a web grenade that you threw into the middle yeah. of like enemies and it would just end fights because they would all go flying towards walls. And the fact that that isn't in this one, and I didn't mind, I was like, okay, the, the, they clearly know what they're doing here. Uh, Laura, how are you feeling on Spider-Man 2? I absolutely loved it. Um, I think that that game is exceptionally well paced. Um, I think it was a little over 25 hours for me to do like a, a first playthrough and see those credits roll. And I never felt like there was a down moment in that pacing. I think that they do a really good job of making you think you, you understand what the scope of this game is going to be. And then just continually going, yeah, we're going to throw like, so many things from the potential set of Spider-Man things we could throw at you one after another and just layer so many different elements that you would worry yeah. we would hold back for a sequel. No, we're just going to keep throwing more of them at you. And I think in particular, something this game does really well is the scaling of the feeling of power, not just from, you know, the first game in Miles Morales, but within itself. I think over its over its runtime, it does a really good job of making you feel like you are considerably stronger than you were at the start. And that 
by the end, made me feel very, very in control of situations, and I think that that worked really well. Um, I have little quibbles here and there, and they're not major things, but they're things that are sort of focused on um, some of the, the work I do in accessibility stuff. It's weird to me some of the accessibility stuff that's missing till December. Things like uh, captions for non-dialogue audio. Things that are yeah. pretty basic things that are weird to be a couple of months not present. But the game itself, I I was constantly surprised by. I had so much fun with it. I was very much in your situation of... I played it in like two or three yeah. days. I was, I was like, sitting next to my yeah, partner playing it, and it, was, it just became though. like the thing we watched at night instead of like a box set. I was like, right, let's just keep doing main missions, main missions. And then it got to the end of the game, and it was like, I have a full other game worth of side missions to do here. Um, we're about to get into it, but it's a very Peter Parker heavy story, despite being a two Spider Man story. You and you must be very happy about Spider Man 2. I mean, yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I think it's everything you could reasonably want from the sequel um i think what i love most about it is the story i think it does really uh, you know sort of skirt around spoilers here um but i think it makes craven and venom more interesting than they've been in years uh, particularly venom and I, I love the way it sort of incorporates elements of of certain classic spider-man stories but does that insomniac thing of, of remixing it to to make it make sense in this particular universe um you know we've talked about the sort of the, the scale of it the increased ambition of some of the set pieces and boss battles and the intensity with which it just throws these things at you like there's a particularly excellent uh chase with black cat that is obviously borrowing quite heavily from ratchet and clank rift apart um that is just delightful um I think my favorite thing about it is that Miles is not just a sidekick and it's he's not just to one side of Peter's story. This is as much a sequel to Miles Morales as it is Marvel Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, and I really, really love that about it. I think it would have been all too easy for Miles to just sort of be cast to the sides. Yeah. So interestingly, like I, I somewhat disagree with that in the sense that I think that through the the main narrative thrust and this obviously depends how you play it you could play it in a way where you're doing a main mission you're doing a brooklyn visions mission you're feeling like you're getting a lot of both of them i felt quite a lot in the main story that it was very very peter heavy miles was getting pushed out and not only a gameplay sense but it kind of worked with what was going on in the story in terms of harry who have not smoked about massively but yeah it does um it feels like it almost has um those miles morales missions feel more akin to what the missions in the miles morales expansion were they're a lot more like smaller scale they're friendly neighborhood the miles morales stuff whereas peter's kind of saving the world i felt differently but that's probably because i played this 90 percent of this as a miles morales game anytime i was not forced to be peter i played as miles Same. and I played a lot of the side content as it came up rather than sort of doing it all at the end of the main story. And as a result, those it's clear that like the bigger parts of the narrative are probably the Peter parts. Mm. But I didn't feel like... Uh, I felt like very much when Peter's story was taking him off doing his thing, uh, Miles was there picking up the slack mm. and this was a story that was largely for Miles about I can't 
Peter's not around doing the the things that need to be done right now, day to day. I'm here keeping keeping the fort held down as Spider-Man. And that really worked for me. Yeah. Um... I thought Miles's missions felt a lot more connected to him just as a character. Like, a lot of Peter's stuff... Um, they replace do science experiments for Dark Art with different kinds of science mm. experiments. Mm. There's go and clear this kind of base. I know Miles can do some of the base clearing as well, but they didn't feel like they were telling Peter's story. They felt like they were side quests in a Spider-Man game, which I think worked enough because I do agree that the main narrative was more Peter-based. But you think of the things like um, Miles is when he's working with the museum. That's very related to him and to his intro. You know, he wants to be a musician, so it's very related to him and to, you know, keeping not just being a neighborhood Spider-Man, but that very pointed moment in the Miles Morales game where they say he's our Spider-Man. Yeah. And I, I think his missions link into that. It's his school. It's his neighborhood. They they tell his story and evolve him as a character, whereas Peter's stories, Peter's side quests are just kind of him being a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that really speaks to... Uh, so we've not spoken much about the way New York is different in this game. Um, Queens and Brooklyn have been added, kind of just popped to the side as if, oh, they were there the whole time, don't worry about it, now we can finally get over there. <laughs> um, and I like how Miles missions take advantage of those areas because they do look, they, they, they have a different vibe to them, which I always thought was the strength of the Miles Morales um, game that it made, kind of that Harlem area feel substantially different than Midtown New York and all the places you see in your typical like peter parker stories um but yeah i think the 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 elephant in the room is that because this is uh insomniac's take on the symbiote story and venom it was always going to be a super peter heavy story so to be able to fit as much miles stuff in there as they did i thought that was um handled well and it didn't feel overstretched or overstuffed i was actually surprised how brisk um the game was you and how did you feel about the way that they balanced um peter and miles's stories i think yeah it's it's clearly more peter heavy by virtue of what story is trying to tell but i do think to laura's point that depending on how you play it the balance is is there if you if you want it to be and with with a lot of the Brooklyn Visions side quests and the Mysterio side missions, like that's that's all Miles. It's all about growing him as a character and setting him up to be just as much a Spider-Man as Peter. Um, what I found really interesting is that that's even baked into just the subtitles, and it's just such a small touch. But it's not Peter Parker and Miles Morales. It's Spider-Man and Spider-Man. And the thing to denote them is obviously um they're they're different masks and i just love that and i think that is absolutely integral to the entire point of the game that these are both spider-man um i would have liked a little bit more miles i guess i think the balance is more in peter's favor it kind of has to be but when miles gets his moments and again, I can't really talk about the biggest Miles moments without spoiling <laughs> yeah. things. But man, some of some of the boss fights that you have to do with Miles are, I think, among the best in the entire game. Yeah, I think Miles gets the best boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. We probably can't say more without spoiling, <laughs> but I think Miles gets the yeah. best boss fight. Yeah, it's um, I, I just on that. Obviously, here's the thing: 
there were so many missions even earlier in this game that were so cool i literally went through into our bedroom and like acted them out for my partner because i was like you like see <laughs> see the black cat one i was just like this is just ridiculous this is the most this is the biggest flex like possible to be able to make this work and i want to talk about that one so yeah, much the thing is it's like <laughs> it's it's Right, I'm not going to talk about it because if I if I'd have known if I'd have, if you, you want to play that without knowing it, but it's such a flex and it's such an it's an insomniac specific reference almost yeah. the mechanic yeah. they use like mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous, but just stuff like that. I feel like the main missions did a really good job of big mega main mission, and then you'll do something that's tagged as a main mission, but it's like a conversation or like a little bit of travel or something like that. There was good kind of back and forth. Um. 31 main missions i would say maybe 10 of them are more of that kind of like just go to aunt may's house have a conversation with mj um stacy was there i'm going to say is there a, a moment is there a favorite moment you have that you can talk about um in order to get around not trying to talk about spoilers i'm going to keep mine a little bit more generic because mm-hmm. what i liked is in the first spider-man game you fought a lot of villains right at the end and they were just kind of there in a yeah. row like almost like a, a boss rush and then in miles other than the battle with finn a lot of them are just kind of you know you ride rhino you're making bumminess and metal tubes you do it yeah. again. It's, <laughs> it's a video game boss battle in these ones partly because you're you know controlled by the story with which Spider-Man you're going to be. Every single boss battle or like major um, altercation that you have, there's always some conversation. There's always a little bit of narrative. Sometimes the mechanics even change as the boss battles go on because of these conversations and um, revelations that come through narratively. So I think my I can't say the ones without getting into spoilers, but I think just generally that pattern of the boss battles not just being get down this health bar but they were actually an active part of the story rather than the story taking place in cutscenes around the fight. The fight itself was narrative. Yeah, definitely. And I, I thought it was very... It's, the game does bold things with the villains and the status of the villains once all, everything is wrapped up. It's not, uh, it's not safe at all. And I also thought it was... As you mentioned, the villains in the first game no one really gives a shit about apart from doc ock that's the only one everyone really remembers like it's like oh yeah the rest of them kind of showed up and you were at the raft for five minutes like okay this game's like the first game mattered miles morales mattered in more of kind of an existential story way like the 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 villains and the consequences of that aren't massively felt other than the fact that spider cat's all over it which i do appreciate um but (laughs) the the villains do get more time they seem to be taken a bit more seriously um yeah i think that and specifically some of the ways that the main villains end up in this game it was really kind of shocking moments i thought and that's not a shocker pun sadly there's li- those little shocker in this game shocker is a character that should be the main villain in um, any spider-man <laughs> game in my opinion but uh, sadly not for this um laura do you think that the do you think that the main story was kind of more of what you were looking for compared to I feel like in the first game, main story is great, but there was a lot of kind of kind of chaff, stuff you could cut off. You could cut off maybe 10 missions for the first story's game and you'd be fine. What about that second one? Yeah, I think, as you say, the first the first one spent a lot of time setting up the build-up to villains yeah. and doing so with characters that we sort of have seen multiple iterations of these Spider-Man villains. Like, you look at Doc Ock in the first one, we all sort of know where that's going, and it maybe spent longer getting there than it needed to, and not as much time with 
we've reached that point, what does that mean? And I think that is one of the things this does really well, is it doesn't, once a character is introduced, there is not too much time taken before we get to the interesting aspects of what they mean to the story. I think that it it cuts to the chase a lot better, which it needs to, because it is introducing so many characters with such regularity and doing them justice and giving them time to be interesting and to be their own takes on these characters. I think it has to hit the ground running the way it does. And I was impressed at how consistently it did that mm. for its various antagonists that come up. Yeah, I think even right at the start, the first main mission, echoes of the Brilliant Kingpin mission at the start of the first game. It's like, right, let's go straight into it. Yeah. You remember where you're at. You remember you remember who we are. This is Insomniac Spider-Man. Don't need to spend 10 missions being like, oh, there's this, there's this crazy guy. Who, who could this be? It's like, we have assumed knowledge. You watched yeah. the terrible Spider-Man 3 Raimi film. You know who this is going to be. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, Ewan, were you surprised on... Not the reliance... Well, I suppose in some sense there's a bit of a reliance on Spider-Man 1 villains in Spider-Man 2, but did you expect it to be quite so connected, specifically in reference to, like, Miles and who his big bad ends up being? You know what? I thought there was going to be more uh, connective tissue in terms of villains. I did kind of think that... Uh, actually, no, I can't really talk about that because of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it was the right call to bring back Mr. Negative, which obviously that's in the trailers. We all know. Yeah. Um, I think that's really the only way you could have gone to give miles like a really meaningful emotional journey to go through, especially when the sort of connective tissue between Peter and miles parallel stories is sort of having all this rage and feelings of helplessness and not being able to protect the people you love. And it's like, what do you do with all of that? And for Miles, that is personified in Mr. Negative. So he had to be part of the story. Um, so, if you know, if you're going to bring back one particular villain for it, then absolutely have it be him. And it was nice to see a couple of other faces pop up, but I don't think they needed to be major players in the story. Yeah. Um, it was There was a weird vibe to it where it was like, let's get everyone in as if they were never going to make another one of these ever again despite the fact that and it's not a spoiler this is the most we are making a third game game that has potentially ever been um but yeah the the kind of um it wasn't it's not cameo style it reminded me a bit of in the arkham games where you would just go around and find people's like cells and be like oh remember this guy remember this guy but they gave it kind of a bit more weight um do you think they balance the, the 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 cameo nature of it with actual giving people something to do stacy or was it a bit remember um remember scorpion remember <laughs> electro um i think because a lot of the villains were linked into the side question was i don't remember being as big of a deal in the first game like there's some you obviously mentioned mysterio there mysterio is mainly a guy that you kind of see when you're not doing the main story because he's linked to Miles, and there's a few villains like that. Um, I think it felt a little bit more like a living, breathing world. Obviously, the, we've been talking about the Arkham games a lot. The Arkham games have always existed on this idea of it's inside a big prison. You know, Arkham Asylum, you're in the asylum, Arkham City, they'd shut down the city, everyone was locked in. So there was a reason for all the villains to be there, so it was quite natural. And I think the first Spider-Man game kind of struggled with 
how do we do that? So they just said, let's go to the prison right at the end. Yeah. Um, I think this game is a bit better at these villains are kind of active at this point. These ones aren't so much. And I think that's why some of them were just kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah. Hello. I mean, I mean, one of them is literally one of them's literally just working at the fairgrounds, and you just bump yeah. into them, and you're like, "Oh, there, there you are." There's that guy, yeah. Um, so I think the way they do that is is um, feels a little bit more natural. Obviously, there's some characters that I that got a lot of screen time that I don't care for. There's some characters that I really like, either who've been in Spider-Man before or who are just existing Spider-Man villains that I would have liked to have been involved. Um, but I think then you're getting into kind of personal preference. I think generally it felt a bit more realistic and it gave you a more of an incentive to do these side missions in a um in tandem with the main story yeah um the side content also to me it felt more like the dlc missions from spider-man one the side content did because first of all the strings of how many of them you have to do much shorter which is always a better idea when when the flame stuff popped up and it was like there are four of these missions it's like, fantastic i will do them right now then i will not i will not sit and go oh god i can't be bothered doing 10 of these there's also a yeah. huge deprioritization of the random crimes which is great yeah because it's like oh do you just want to go and concuss these random people go for it but it will have absolutely no impact on the rest of the game and um, laura how did you how did you find the side content uh, did you did you get the platinum i have platinum spider-man too i'll just say here i i did get the platinum which i never do in like this is october and review season yeah. i never <laughs> would normally do this but yeah i i agree i think they did a much better job of making those sort of street level random crimes uh paced in such a way that if you are doing them semi-regularly like as you're passing them you just pop in and do them by the end of the game all of your locations will have their meters filled up and i think that having little sort of regular rewards along that 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 path great i think that 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 all worked really well um again i i think you're really on the money that having fewer instances of each side quest uh really helped it meant that most of these were like um i think about the one that is going and getting hunter bases i think yeah, it is. Yeah. and each of those it's like hey you're in an area there's like three very small little rooftop fights and then one big place to do a fight and you go do that a couple of times cool you're done and all of them built to narrative conclusions hmm. none of them felt like it was i completed this and i got a little stamp that says i does i i, I did yeah. it it all of them felt like you had a proper narrative moment that was your reward for doing it that was character development and really pushed the story forward and i think what's really nice is some of those really felt like they they had conclusions that could have been the conclusions to like main story missions yeah and that was really nice it it, it felt like there was decent motivation to do it definitely and they did something that so i'm going i'm not going to say anything other than do the spider bots see what happens yes, at the yeah. end of the spider bots yes. my jaw was through the floor and hit the earth's crust so i was like this is some shit that you put at the post credits of the main game not at the end of like a collectible side mission so it was <laughs> go and do that L- ludicrous ludicrous bit of, uh bit of stuff from insomniac there yeah i thought the it it was smart of them to you'll introduce a character and a lot of games do this but you introduce just a character in the main mission and uh, specifically i can't actually remember if this has been talked about there, but there's a character from the first game that reappears in the second game in a very different uh, guise and it goes has on been in the trailers it has been okay yeah. well okay 
Wraith is in the game and you go and do missions with her and i thought okay that'll be the next main mission she'll pal along with me for a while but it's totally yeah. not it's often its own thing which is smart because the main missions have to be so focused on two massive massive characters like you can't we couldn't lose interest in craven yeah. we had to keep craven strong keep craven built and then when mm. and it takes ages for them to really bring venom in which i think is a great great choice it's like i was right the way through the game and i was like when are we doing this like when when are we he, he was in the first trailer like when are we doing this and that took so long so i think given those side characters their own space to kind of play was a good move also can i jump in really quickly with i really like that when those side characters are introduced they just start existing in the world a little bit yeah. and you sometimes will go to a random crime and one of your your characters you've met on another side mission will be like oh hey i'm here fighting people remember to do my side quest yeah. and i'm like cool thank you i will remember to do your side quest thank you for helping me beat people up yeah exactly it's like this is is trying to be less video gamey it's the fact that miles or peter will show up at some crimes not all of them he'll just pop yeah. in and be like oh how you doing let's finish this off quickly do a bit of a pose and, and and go away like i think all of that is really key to making new york so this game does a lot to make you not bored of the fact that a large portion of the map is the same from the first two games and yeah. we'll go into it with something i thought was impossible they made me stop using the best swinging in any game ever because they let you fly um the web wings which is a new mechanic um you'll see that in the kind of preview round um you have like flying squirrel kind of wing things and there are tunnels all over wind tunnels all over the city and once you get going through them you are across the city in two seconds and I couldn't stop using them. Stacey, how did you find these kind of... Because they could have done nothing. No one would have batted an eye no. if the traversal was identical to the first game. So Stacey, how no. did you find that? I I mean, I, I used these web swings more than I used the wings. I thought the wings were cool. I didn't like the wind tunnels too much because you just kind of felt locked into them. And it was very like Superman 64, like the this green <laughs> ring in a row. It just, it was useful for crossing the river because they made a big deal out of like, how are you going to be able to use your webs when you're on the water, when you're in um, Astoria? And obviously it's all like suburbs and it's harder to kind of get traction on, um, there's no skyscrapers around. Um, I mean, I thought that the traversal was excellent. Being able to change between characters, the fact that fast travel kind of just drops you into the exact alleyway that you choose and you yeah. kind of in motion as you land is very technically impressive. Again, just a lot of confidence um, exuded from the game. I think people will like the web wings, but to be honest, I got the trophy for doing the web wings. Like, you've got to go on a certain length yeah. of the map. Um, yeah. And that was kind of the only thing I, I bothered with them very much. They... They weren't my favorite thing in the game because I thought the swing was something that was really unique to mm -hmm. Spider-Man, and I feel like lots of games let you kind of fly and glide. But I, I see the appeal in how just how speedy they are. Yeah, I think it was that that thing about the sheer pace of it. Also, I have this like weird childlike obsession with being extremely high in games. So the fact that you can <laughs> yeah. you can like pull up straight out of one of the, yeah. the tunnels and you just go, "Woo!" I was like, "Excellent, that's all I need." You can see this massive city and the massive fake state of new york that they put around the city which was a good move because it made the world seem so much bigger even though if you look over it's like that's this is like microsoft flight simulator tier like little box uh, <laughs> houses across the water um you and how did you get on with the traversal were you were you more of a swinger i've heard that about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm uh i'm with stacy like the the thing about spider-man is that he can spin a web any size um, yeah i've heard that that's, that's, that's what he does 
Uh, and that's just, it's more fun for me to be just sort of swinging through the city, pinging off buildings, running along walls. I I do really enjoy the web wings. I think they're great to sort of bust out when you need to get across the city particularly quickly, or if you need to get across from like Manhattan to Queens, or if you're sort of just trying to get across Central Park, because in the first game, that was always a nightmare. It's like, I can't really <laughs> yeah. swing from Central Park. It was literally like that bit in... Uh, I think it's the first. Uh, yeah, no, Tom, Tom, sort of... Tom. What's his second name? Oh, I was about to say Tom Hooper. That's the guy that directed the cats. Um, the first one of those films where he gets to like the almost hot fuzz back door, and it's like, how am I meant to swing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the speed at which you can move through the city, especially towards the end of the game when you're like fully kitted out, genuinely quite alarming at some point. So it's like, whoa. Like, I would end up just slamming into buildings because I was going way faster than I was expecting I would be able to go. Um, but for the most part, I think being able to combine web swinging with the wings was the best of both worlds for me. Definitely. Laura, when when you were going on this platinum hunt, uh, I found myself using the wings a lot because it's like, I need, to, I need to just be places. I need to be places right now. How did you find it? I, I was on Team Wings. Yeah. Love the wings. <laughs> I think I think the swings and the wings work really well together, and that's the thing to emphasize, yeah. is that it's so easy to swap back and forth between the two of them. I would sort of make a big slingshot and fire myself into the air, uh, wing glide as far as I could, uh, use a couple of different moves to sort of give myself a little bit of extra height mid-glide uh, as I started to falter, and then when I'm like getting to where I need to be, I'll go to the swings to sort of, you know, get, get down to, to ground level. It all just felt very at home yeah. in the movement system. And I think that's the thing that worked really well is they found something else that I wanted to be doing that didn't feel like I was missing out on swinging. Yeah. And I was impressed at how well it all meshed together. It's amazing. Also, they just do stuff that's like, oh, we don't care. If you land in the water, you just glide on your feet. Like, <laughs> let, yeah, let, yes. let's not make you swim. Who would want to swim? If you really want to like stop, you will swim for a little bit, but we will get you across there in two minutes flat. Um, the... The stuff like that is is so key to like Insomniac's entire ethos with a Spider-Man's traversal. It's whatever you are, just go. Like we will bounce you off things to make sure you never get stuck. It's never awkward. It's always super, super easy. Um, although it did highlight one thing, and uh, you, you may have noticed this as well, but New York is the same, but it is legally different because quite a few of the iconic New York landmarks do not <laughs> appear in uh, Spider-Man Two. We already knew about the Chrysler Building. Um, Strange ones, they've changed Madison Square Garden into a large train station, which um, was very strange to me because the building's the same it's the exact same shape. You can go over there and you're like, that's Madison Square Garden, that's WrestleMania 20. But if you go up to it, it's like <laughs> Madison train station. And I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is Madison Square Garden. There isn't many of the huge, disgusting 500 foot um, skyscraper like like skinny skyscrapers that are surrounding Central Park now that are all empty or like owned by Russian oligarchs. None of that stuff's there. And the weirdest thing to me, and to me, this is almost sacrilegious. You don't go to the Statue of Liberty in this yeah. Spider-Man game. You <laughs> cannot go to the Statue of Liberty in this Spider-Man game. Stacy, were you shocked and appalled as I was ready for taking the game back? I didn't pay for it, but I was ready to take the game back. Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't try to go to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I was happy enough with the map that we had. One of the little side quests, you kind of look at it, and that was enough for me. So um, that was the moment when I was like, wait, 
oh hi that's over there why why am i not going over there right now why am i not swinging around it why is it not hillary clinton's face like gta 4 the thing is i've been to it in real life and it's kind of rubbish to go to it because you go there and you just kind of look up and you can't see it probably you need to be further away from yeah. it to be able to see it so um no i i i like that they have the little marvel touches around the map you know i i still just love kind of running up the big avengers tower and and jumping off it so i think the way they do new york um it feels like it's got a lot of the i don't know the feeling of new york almost like the the range yeah. of the different places each as they've added queens and um brooklyn they both feel like um additions to the game and not just another slice of manhattan that they've kind of copied and pasted and changed some of the the buildings around um but I, it was really interesting the first game when people in new york were like that is my actual like apartment. So yeah. I do wonder if that'll be the same with the other like, with the suburbs that they've got. If that's going to be a real housing estate that they can look at. If it's going to be completely different, because obviously they have to fit Aunt May's house in. Um, yeah, I I didn't care for the state of liberty, but I like the map. Can't believe that. There's a there's a wonderful <laughs> video that I saw of a guy playing Spider Man, and he like looks out the window. He like looks to the side in the game. And it's this building, and then he pulls the camera away from the screen and looks to the side, and it's out his window, and it's the exact same <laughs> building. Like that's great. Although weirdly, because there are some st- there are some mission based areas that didn't exist in Miles and and yeah. and uh, Spider Man. I only called that first game Peter Parker. Then um, that's like subtly changed because there's a trophy to find something in reference to one of the older games. Um, this is like charades. And the first place I thought it might be. <laughs> yeah. Is a is a cutscene location from Miles Morales, and I went over there, and I was like, "Yeah, this isn't the I, same." Yeah, that was the I know exactly I... the one, and it that that was the bane of my existence. That trophy <laughs> as well. Yeah, it, it, it was it. nowhere that I thought was reasonable. I had to um, DM a very very loud American man who would re- remain nameless on this broadcast, um, who is also a trophy fiend, um, to find that, and I was like. I, no way. I would have had to go and play Miles Morales to try, to try and like connect those dots again. But yes, um, New York. Now, there's something we've not really spoke about, and I wanted to leave it uh, further into the podcast. Let's talk about Harry Osborne. The main kind of narrative thread of this game is that Harry is back. Um, if you did all the side quests in the first game, and if you saw the post credit scene, you will realize that Harry Osborne was not in Europe. He was very, very ill. And in order to get better, he's been injected with the symbiote by good old Norman Osborn. Harry reemerges and uh, tries to uh, Peter tries to retcon him into his life, alongside being Spider Man and alongside um, Harry's strange uh, new strength. Laura, how did you feel that they treated the Harry Osborn story? Because I thought it was incredibly strong. This is one of my favourite versions of the Harry Osborn story. I think they really did a good job of making Harry consistently sympathetic and the places where his his frustration comes into the story I think are incredibly understandable and I think that it's the way they handled this by having you be... in, in gameplay control of the story in the ways you were in the moments that that progress that story the way it goes, I think gave a really good sense of connection to that story's progression. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
in the moments where Harry was most frustrated, I was frustrated alongside. I was like, I want to be able to change this. Things should be better for you. Yeah. And I think that they got me to feel exactly what I needed to feel to buy in on his narrative. Yeah, it's like, you're a um, selfish bastard, Peter Parker. Why are you still doing this when you could be... You, you can you can see Peter slipping and you can feel it because you, you as a normal person... Now, absolute sociopaths may feel differently when they play this game, <laughs> but if you're a normal person, there are moments when you're like, okay, I can feel... I, I, I feel exactly when this turn's starting to happen. Yeah, and I, I think trying to stay spoiler light on it i think that they do a good job of i never felt like P peter's slip was entirely peter's a bad person yeah i was like there is a corrupting influence and it is that sort of descent that you get with a symbiote story that they, they did a really good job of making it feel gradual until the one little moment where it's like you've you've crossed a line and i don't think you've even realized you've done Definitely. it and being consistent about once that sort of narrative line is crossed sticking there mm. they did such a good job with they it really did although the, there was a moment one of the i think one of the strongest moments especially in the kind of preceding missions is the kind of the time just before and the time just after that portion they showed at the state of play where he, where he's in the black suit and he's like yeah. going crazy in that back back garden like i, I can't believe they should, that was like such a strange decision to show that but yeah there is It'd be so easy. In a hack fraud game, the minute Peter started being a bad man, it would start talking like this, and he'd be like, oh, Harry, you bastard. But it's like, it's he, very He'd be doing the, uh, the Spider-Man 3 Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that suit's in it. As soon as I got that suit, I was like, I'm playing through this game in that suit. But the, exactly, they would make it so blindingly obvious, whereas in this, the turn happens, and it's like, you don't really realise it's happened until everyone around them's like, hmm. Pete, you know, being a bit of a, a bastard. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, how, how do you feel like they handled Harry? Because for good or for ill, you speak to most people, they hear Harry Osborne, they think one of two people, they think James Franco or they think Dane DeHaan, is that his name? That the guy that, name, was, yeah. that was Andrew Garfield's um, um, Harry Osborne. So how did you feel this iteration of the character was? So, I mean, I completely agree with Laura in that it is hands down one of the better, well, probably the best version of Harry Osborne for me. The thing is, in, in the comics and in in the movies, I never really understood why they were friends. Because Harry's kind <laughs> of an asshole, right? And in this, he's a he's a genuinely kind, sweet nerd who wants to make the world a better place. Yeah. And you get a real sense of his friendship with Peter and just, just how deep their love for one another goes within like the first sort of mission that you have together. Um, and yeah, you know, they sort of go to high school and there's, there's some really sweet moments there. And I found myself realizing how well done that was because we're like, 
maybe an hour into a Spider-Man game and you're asking me not to be Spider-Man but to go on a bit of a bike ride with my best friend yeah. and I wasn't angry that I wasn't Spider-Man. I yeah. was more than happy to just spend some time with this person and you just absolutely feel the love and the desire to make up for lost time between the two of them. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really, really brilliantly well done and such a wonderful relationship, uh, hands down. Like, this is honestly the first time in any Spider-Man media where I've looked at Peter and Harry and been like, yeah, I, you two actually really do love each other. Yeah. It's such a good, genuine friendship. Yeah. It's so tender and sweet. It's believable start to finish. Yeah, it, it works so well, and it works like there are bits in it. There's obviously the, the Miles dynamic with Miles, Harry, and Peter, and there's some conversations between Miles and Harry that happen. Although a bit too few for my liking. I wish there was a bit more of that. I thought that was that was really strong, where, again, a hack game would have went straight down the you're stealing my best friend kind of thing. But there's a tiny <laughs> bit of that, and then there's like, okay, let's let's relate we let's just talk like normal people and it's it's so well written and the fact that it can get across all of this while you're pinging across the city a hundred miles an hour like <laughs> scream it like i love that it still does the thing where if you're on the ground it has one line read but if you're swinging it has another where he's like shouting um stacy how did you get on with harry were you what were you expecting it to him to be such a focus or did you think that it would maybe be like a late game reveal here's harry by the way um i expected him to be to be the kind of focus that he has i thought he was going to be the big catalyst driving the game but i was surprised that he was um just a just a nice guy really like i was expecting him to be i was expecting him to play it with the idea of peter can't really see that harry's kind of a dick to everybody and it would be through kind of miles and through mj that they'd be like you know this this guy's no good i know he was like your friend but he's he's either come back very different or he's just kind of always kind of been this way um i think if you you know you all want to be spider-man you want to be kind of good you need to kind of leave harry behind and i, th I thought that was going to, going to be the angle that they were going to take and it was going to be not so much the idea of the uh the descent that the symbiote creates but almost a corrupting influence from harry himself which i think they would have done if he taken the kind of james franco version of the character that's kind of the um the sort of harry that i was expecting so yeah i was quite impressed that it was again probably a symptom of insomnia being quite confident confident with this they were able to give you a character who was just nice and kind and i think that's quite rare in a game especially when you've already got miles and peter who are both very good nature there's other than there's you know people like craven there's no one particularly edgy in this there's no like cool guy in the bunch you just have to, if you're going to play this and enjoy it, you have to be okay with it you're going to be around a bunch of really nice doggy people who are yeah. extremely uncool there's a load of niceness in the game like there's a there's a mission with a character called howard and that's all i'll say oh, that yeah. is like that was yeah. my favorite mission which is not a spoiler i guess that's <laughs> as much as we can say yeah, me, me and my partner were sitting there being like, why is there like a sad song playing? Like, what's going on here? And then when it starts to dawn on you, like, Jesus Christ, why is why is this in the <laughs> Although it was quite funny, as soon as that <laughs> finished, it was like, bring, bring, there's someone breaking in this building over here. And I was like, well, okay, back to being Spider-Man, I guess. Um, but that's the thing, like, it's, it's so, so well written, so, so well written. And the, 
it's full of references to those first two games to like tiny characters you met once or twice because they're yeah. still there they still live at Miles, and they're still living in Miles' neighborhood. You're going to see these people, like, they're going to make reference to them. Um, I thought Miles' mom's great, like, a, a, another yeah. really strong character. Um, they needed brought back in, and I think that the way her kind of the the thing that Miles is avoiding in, in the game to do with her is really well paid off, although I guessed incorrectly who that would actually end up being. But, um, Sorry, the, the, I thought the <laughs> Stacey, I'm sure we were thinking of the same person. <laughs> um, <laughs> And the fact that that kind of, um, they balanced all of that. They balanced the Aunt May stuff. They balanced the, uh, and we need to talk about somehow they made the MJ missions good. I don't know how they did it, but they made the MJ missions a goddamn survival horror game. Laura, when when you first played as MJ, were you like Jesus Christ? This this feels like when I started, I was like. Did they put this in here because they're like, no, we don't care if everyone complained about that in the last game. We still want them. All I have to say about the MJ missions is MJ is the most powerful character in this entire universe. (laughs) I wish that any other character was as gosh darn powerful as MJ. She's got like a Um, fucking hammer of dawn from Gears of War. Even a single interaction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ewan, Ewan, when that popped up, did you think, are we doing doing MJ stealth? Were you surprised when she pulled out the gat? (laughs) (laughs) I was... I was relieved, um, and you know it makes sense in terms of story that you know she she got some training from Silver Sable, so she is more capable, which does just make it more interesting to play because yeah. there's nothing worse in my eyes than an instant fail stealth mission. I yeah. cannot stand them. Um, so particularly MJ having a little bit more uh, power in these missions meant that if your cover was blown then that's not particularly game over if you're smart about it. So, you know, thank God for that. Stacey? Um, I mean, they're better than last time. I still don't think they're very good. The the final one I like, um, mm-hmm. I thought that was... Um, that fit the story really well. It played into kind of what they were trying to establish. Narratively, I was saying before, I think the mechanics feed into the narrative and we see her be powerful there, but it's not an instant fail if you get spotted, but it's almost an instant fail. I mean, I failed at one of them a lot of times because it was like, sneak round this way, and then you did, and then you were spotted, then you've got like a little shotgun and the enemies have got machine guns. Like, you don't you don't last very long. Um, it's better than it was before. I could still just do without playing as MJ, if I'm honest. I, that was so different to my experience. Anytime I got rumbled, I just sprinted at people. One hit, <laughs> they were gone. Um, nothing stopped me. They were, they were. I felt the most invincible when playing as her. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, the, I, I'm also glad that they were restrained. Restrained on that. It was only a couple of them. They didn't like, yeah. do a million yeah. of them. Um, yeah, there's lots to. There's lots to see. There's lots of stuff that, even though this is one of the most lax uh, Sony embargoes, to, to, to a bit inside baseball here, usually when we get games of this nature, it's 400 paragraphs about don't say this, don't say this, don't go Extremely past this, strict. title screen. But yeah. this time they were like, we want you to be able to say as much as you can. Just don't talk about the last act. Come on, don't be a dickhead and don't talk about a few other wee things. So that's why... Yeah. If this seems like we're being restrained, it's because this game trades so well in surprises and mm-hmm. holy shit moments to, to for lack of a better term that we want them to be kind of preserved um i want to talk about about performance but first actually laura you brought it up and i want to hear about this well what's the deal with accessibility because when i hear sony first party i think 
all that Naughty Dog stuff, and that seems to, I thought that would be permeating through the whole kind of PlayStation family, but you say not? Uh, so, generally speaking, I think this game is better than most games, uh, big budget games, in terms of accessibility. It's got uh, a lot of the things you would expect from a first-party Sony title, the sort of high-contrast mode, uh, accessibility presets for different categories of disability. There is a weird situation around the fact that there is a handful of accessibility settings that are not coming for two months, and some of them kind of make sense. You've got things like um, audio descriptions for cutscenes. That hasn't really become a standard within PlayStation first-party titles yet. We saw it with The Last of Us Part 1, but it's still sporadically happening. I can understand that being a couple of months post-launch. But there's things like button mapping and uh, captions for non-dialogue subtitles. Mm. Um, and a lot of like little things that have been pretty standard across Sony's first-party studios and that like are becoming standards people are starting to rely on from PlayStation that are just a couple of months missing launch. And it's a little strange. It's one of those things where none of them are big enough deal breakers that I would say, like, this isn't a good accessible game for a lot of disabled players, but it's enough to go, these are the kind of things that it would be really good if PlayStation gamers could rely on knowing were their day one. Yeah. And to go, you have to wait a couple of months to play a very exciting game if one of these seemingly seemingly standardized things just isn't quite ready yet. It's it's not a big issue, but it's one of those things where it's not the level of consistency that PlayStation has previously had with this game's launch, and that feels a little strange. Uh if not like not a deal breaker yeah that, that that is disappointing is there anything um i suppose is there anything glaring that they've just there's no mention of coming eventually or is there or is most of it being kind of spoken to so there's a couple of little things and i guess i can talk about this now uh because i recently went and went hands-on with the ps5 access controller mm -hmm. and i can talk about that now um there are some gameplay moments in this that I don't think you can play with a pair of PS5 access controllers. Specifically, um, there's the you have to pull the the uh, analog triggers to a certain degree oh, yeah, yeah. of uh, pull. The PS5 access controllers only out of the box have digital buttons. There's no ability to do degrees mm. of pushing, yeah. and I couldn't find a way to skip those interactions. There's little things like this where I'm like. It feels weird that there's no way to avoid that with a big major PlayStation accessibility peripheral about to release that might need a way to get around that. There's a few little things like that, but there's nothing nothing glaring missing. It's just little things that it's a bit of a shame aren't here on the day when everyone everyone's going to want to jump in playing. Because as much as I understand development is what it is and something, sometimes things slip, this is the kind of game where... Once people start talking spoilers, a lot of the things that are really exciting to discover firsthand are going to be known. Yeah. And if you need some of those settings that are two months away from now, it sucks that you can't just get in before you get spoiled. No, definitely. Um, hopefully the the but I honestly thought obviously the the, the Naughty Dog stuff is really really up there. You th you'd think that that stuff would be kind of permeating throughout all of PlayStation, but. Hopefully that is something they can sort um, yeah. fairly soon. Only two more things to talk about on this uh, broadcast. First of all, we'll talk about performance, and then I want to hear about Spider-Man 3. Now, 
the Spider-Man 2 offers very similar performance uh, settings to the PS5 versions of Spider-Man and Miles Morales. You can play it performance, you can play it quality, you can play it in this strange midpoint where you play it at like 40 frames a second if you have one of these fancy tellies, which is what I did. VGC wages, you know. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what performance uh, mode did you pick? And addendum question to this, because I've, I've been hearing on the grapevine this game is a, is a crashy bastard even though it didn't happen once to me laura how did you play it did you get any crashes i didn't get crashes until the day zero patch oh really? and then i started getting crashes uh i i was clearing up the last of those trophies and i started getting weird crashes where anytime i would try to fast travel mm. it would do the fast travel start me swinging in and then crash <laughs> um so good good thing that i didn't really want to use uh fast travel but I played it on on the 60 FPS mode, and it's nice that 60 FPS supports ray tracing. Uh, as I understand it, ray tracing is supported across all of the versions, uh, all the performance profiles, which is nice. This is a game where it's so nice to move around. I just want that frame rate as high as possible because I want to. I want it to be as fluid as possible while I swing around. It felt great. <laughs> yeah, uh, you and what did you play on? What was your your preference? Uh, yeah, so I'm absolutely with Laura on that. A game like Spider-Man, you want that silky smooth 60 frames per second. It just looks absolutely glorious in motion. Um, in terms of glitches, I didn't really have any at all. Uh, again, until the Day Zero patch, <laughs> uh, when there would be a couple of instances where I would swing my way towards uh, one of the little sort of icons denoting a random crime, and then I would get there and the crime would just disappear. Like I could see it as I was on my way towards it. There'd be like a mm. truck on fire and then it would just be gone by the time I arrived at it. Um, but other than that, it was all absolutely fine for me. Uh, Stacy, how did you play Spider-Man um, 2? I played it on whatever the default is. I never faff around with that. Whatever it came <laughs> as, that's what I kept it on. I didn't have any crashes ever. So that's yeah. the way to do it, kids. So I also messed about with it and the, the i think i can't remember if this is supported yet but there was a mode in the first two games that put it in 120 is 120 in i don't believe it's okay because there, was, there yeah. was one that was similarly worded and i was like is that the 120 because i've i played the i played through miles morales on uh or rather i played spider-man i played peter parker on 120 yeah. <laughs> and it looks ridiculous it's like one of the most insane yeah. things you'll ever see so i'm um, looking forward to that but i think this this 40 quality and frame rate if you have like a vr or monitor or whatever and we are digital foundry over here we know what we're talking about um it's it's a fucking beautiful game it's a it's a stunner yeah. it looks very similar to the first one but the first the playstation 5 versions of peter parker and miles Morales. but those games look great as well so who mm. the f cares now Let's do some baseless speculation, although it's not that baseless because we've all completed the game. This is surely setting up a Spider-Man 3. Laura, without any spoilers, without any breaking of embargoes or Jim Ryan neck breaks, how do you think we go into the next game? And crucially, do you think we get an interim game? Because I think we do. Yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm going to have to dance around how I say this. Um, I think we saw a lot of Peter Parker Spider-Man antagonists show up here. Way more than I thought we would. So many that I started thinking, who do you even include if you do another, like you do a Spider-Man 3, and you try and lean this heavily on Peter Parker 
characters. There's a handful of obvious ones this sets up, mm-hmm. but there's not an I would argue there's not enough remaining Peter Parker villains to support leaning this heavily another time on that rose gallery. Um I think a lot about this narrative to me suggests we are doing the work to have a Spider-Man 3 eventually that is much more Miles-centric mm. and much more Miles... Basically flipping the balance of this one where Miles is the primary story, but we have some important threads about Peter. Um, maybe we get there by having a standalone Peter-esque adventure in between. Maybe we just have a story that deals with those lingering Peter elements in a bigger Miles story. But I think that's why we're going with the with the future of this is trying to get those I, I think they're trying to get across the tone of we are not going to sit around stagnating in the Sinister Six Peter Parker, this is what Spider-Man is. Yeah. It, corner for two. They're not long. doing the okay, we've done the symbiote one, we should probably do this story and then we'll go and do a Secret Wars it's, game and then we'll go and do all this yeah. other stuff. They're not doing the um that villain you dealt with in the last game. They they broke back out of jail and they're even angrier now. Yeah. It's <laughs> they they feel like they're like we we were going to do each character like once, maybe a little return cameo and we're done. Off we move. Look, I might be being seriously deluded here, but they're, obviously in the first game the Avengers Tower's there and you go over to the Avengers Tower and they go oh they're on the west coast in this game there's absolutely no explanation for why the Avengers aren't there at least at least in my knowledge there is also a building in this game that if you go to the roof of the building they are painting something on the roof of that building which very much to me seems that whatever third game happens in this we're get folk are coming in I th- I th- that's all I'll say I feel like there is scope for perhaps as you say it being more miles focused but there are factors in the marvel universe and there's a tiny bit of this in in uh, the, the the second one but there are factors in the marvel universe that it feels like they could play on um i honestly think that we might get a, i think we might get an interim game like a, a miles morales but like a 2.5er because there's stuff to be done that are like yeah. that are other kind of villains and stuff like that i don't know how people would go for that and then i wonder if three is a is three a ps6 game at this point stacy how, how are you feeling about a three where do you think it'll go and when do you think it'll go i do think we'll have an interim i've got a, a theory that i guess we probably per embargo i can't talk about per no spoilers i won't talk about um but there is a side character in the game that i think i don't think we'll play as miles or peter in the interim i have a theory about who we'll play in the, in the middle game i I, I can guess who, yeah. who you're going on about. They they would have interesting mechanical implications yes, to play as I feel definitely like. Definitely the yes. same person. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I thought we would this game. I had my thoughts of is that going to come up? Uh, I, I think, think I think it'll happen I think sometime that's coming in the future. Um, so if if Insomniac does that, and obviously we know they're doing uh, Wolverine, then I think that does make three a six game Insomniac are pretty hard to predict because. They've done Spider Man and Miles Morales and Ratchet and Clank and Spider Man Remastered. Oh, yeah, it'll be out years. next year. So yeah. we have no idea <laughs> when it's going to be out. But I think if they do an interim, and obviously Wolverine be the next one they do, um, I wouldn't rule out a Wolverine date reveal at the Game Awards, to be honest, because in general, I'm just so consistent with putting things out. Um, so I, I think that would make it a PS6 game. 
But I wouldn't yeah. mind if we get two in between. Like, yeah, I don't even complain about that release schedule at all. Yeah, it's like, I, th- I just hope that it's not like they do a third one and then they're like, congratulations, folks, we did it. Like, I want this. I, the basis of this is so strong. Like, I want it to just keep going. Uh, you Do you think we get a, do, do we get a 2.5? Do we get a 2.5.5? What happens? I think so. I, I think we are getting at least one interim game because they're, and again, this is really hard to talk about without going spoilers, <laughs> but there is, there is a segment, I guess, towards the start of the third act of the game that just makes you think, well, this is clearly, there's, there's got to be a full... They don't do that unless they have bigger plans for it. Exactly. Yes. There is no way you've done that just for this. Um, it's clearly setting up two main villains for a Spider-Man 3. There's a side quest mm-hmm. that's setting up... Yeah either an expansion or or a standalone game and i think i think the thing is and i i often said this about the first marvel spider-man there's been a lot of discussion recently about the idea of um the sort of 2.5 game um Mm. i would quite happily just using sort of marvel spider-man 2 as the basis and staying in that open world just get a just a bunch of expansions delivered yeah. to that game just yeah. sort of new stories new missions i would be more than fine with that um because it's such a huge world and there's so many different directions to go give me the statue of liberty give me pictures of the goddamn statue of liberty <laughs> <sighs> lovely to see him be a big part of it by the way always always pro jonah being in the in the game <laughs> do we know if this is getting dlc like the first one did uh, it I, I don't know if they've said but yeah it, it does feel because I feel like that one side quest that set, ends by setting up a thing, I feel like that's perfect for DLC. I feel like that's the right scope. I feel DLC. like you can't you can't have that in a third game because there's already too yeah. much going on in a third game. I, I feel like end end credits little teaser is game three, yeah, yeah. that side quest is DLC. Yeah, I think that would make I sense. Thought- but obviously, if we have a two point five, and they can throw a lot of stuff in there. If yeah. they try and link it a bit more, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly think that, like, the two point five. If are we talking about the end of the spider bots? Is this is this what we're talking about? No, oh that's not. no. Oh. I hadn't even. I I don't even want to start thinking about because this the is end my worry. Bots, like when they tease when I, they're teasing the end of the, the end of the spider bots teases something yeah. that's like so far no, beyond. I'm, like I'm th- I'm thinking the end of the the cult. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think so the end yeah. of the cult would be DLC. Yeah. There, here's the thing. They set up multiple people who you could realistically play as in the next game. They set up multiple ways they could go with this. However, there is one massive character that I was sure was going to make an appearance in this game because in Spider-Man 1, you play as one Spider-Man. In Spider-Man 2, you play as two Spider-Mans. In 3, there is one obvious, obvious character that has been guessed at through this entire time that i thought was going to be in this and i think we still get there but there's so much to do like but i, I think the character that laura for laura i think the same person i think the character that laura and i talking about could fulfill that role you could mm. have that role fulfilled mm. by a different a different person than the one you mean but i still have that dynamic no yeah i know why i know like I agree with you that the one you're thinking of is a really obvious pick for that, but yeah, I I think they've set up a really interesting mechanic again, maybe for the spin-off. Yeah, like it, it is a different enough mechanic set that it could support its own thing. I think they have a lot to do for the the future of this uh, Sony's Marvel Games universe. Um, really reassuring to me. 
Paula Mine Charlie, who worked on Miles Morales, who wrote the um, the Spider Cat mission and uh, did a lot of Spider Man too. He's working on Wolverine now. So I mean, if if those are the if those are the the guts of that team, the, the, this is not a Wolverine podcast, but that game has to be an eighteen. I need to be able to cut people's heads off in that game and if i if i can i'll be quite disappointed nice there's a nice um in fact i won't even say because it's not it's not there, there there has to be a name for something that isn't a spoiler really but you don't want to say because you want people to look at it and go oh that's pretty cool um so yes maybe when i might reconvene this uh this multiverse after the game is out and we will talk spider-man 3 theories so we don't have yeah. to sit and go oh it could be oh it, yeah it could go oh, it, it could be them it could be them it could be japanese spider-man from the tokusatsu they did in the 60s who can say um round the table one more time if you're scoring it what are you going stacy um i went for a 4.5 i think this really is a 4 out of 5 game but it's so good at being a 4 out of 5 it's so unique at being a 4 out of 5 it does a lot of things that i think will become standards for the 4 out of 5s with the the loading screens the confidence the way the side missions are done that i think right now it stands in a class of its own of 4.5s that i think is probably worth the extra half a star ewan uh i went for a 9 out of 10 i was arming and ahhing for a long time over whether or not to give it an 8 because i feel like it sort of falls into a lot of the similar traps with the open world side stuff and 50% of New York is the New York that we've seen in the past two games and that was a bit of an issue for me but at the end of the day you can slingshot yourself across the city you to can. play web gliders and then just go beat the shit out of some bad guys like what more can you want from a Spider-Man game? Lord, are you scoring it? Uh, it's my favourite 9 out of 10 this year it is. It feels like it's 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 not doing uh, a lot of things that are like technically moving video games forward as an art form, but it doesn't need to. It's fantastic. I'm having a great time with it. It is a very polished. The thing I enjoyed twice already. Yes, give me more. <laughs> um, in the People's Republic of Andy Robinson, we don't do no half stars, so this is a straight up five from me. I love this game. It really. It's a game where I sat down to review it, and I was like. This is too positive a review. There's nothing here that's like everything I'm talking about that I don't like is so minor compared to me just yeah. breathlessly loving the kind of the whole of it. Um, I think Insomniac's most recent run has been ludicrous. They are so 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 good, and I cannot wait to see what they do next. Um, yes, it's a it's a it's an easy um five for me, and I don't know if it's the best game of the year, but it's certainly my favorite so far in terms of just a straight up guttural guttural like what do you want to play what are you recommending to people sure there are there are other stuff that are maybe more innovative more more your 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 10 out of 10s and some lauded publications but for this it's like i was almost gutted when i platinum dicks it's like i would play another full game worth of this stuff like right now it's the game i can recommend with the fewest caveats this year yeah it, it's the game I find that I have the fewest things I have to like go keep this in mind about. Yes, um, I, th- I think it's 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 exactly what in some ways it's exactly what people thought it was going to be. But to compensate for that, um, some of the sorry stuff is just ridiculous. I think it feels a lot like the first game. You know, like Spider Man One would have been the best game of the year if it didn't come out the same year as Red Dead. Spider Man Two came out the same <laughs> year as Baldur's Gate, so it's not the best game of the year, yeah. but it's pretty yeah. good yeah um although unlike Baldur's gate spider-man 2 does have good combat on that you can check out people across the internet you can find laura 
at accessibility. You can find Stacey at the gamer and Ewan at gaming bible um we'll all have reviews up right at this minute the internet will be exploding with uh hashtag content about spider-man 2 so thank you very much for joining us you can uh, check out the regular vgc podcast on thursday where i will not talk about spider-man i'll just feel like just we talked about it for like 90 minutes my throat is destroyed <laughs> just go and talk about it then um you can follow us all over the internet i'm not really not really using x much these days i don't know if you've noticed but it's <laughs> it's gone a bit downhill but if you want to go and check us out there i'm at jordan midler ewan is at e moore underscore stacy is at five tacy five spell out laura is at laura k buzz say goodbye laura bye say goodbye stacy goodbye stacy say goodbye ewan <laughs> Bye, guys. Remember to subscribe to VGC. Check us out on TikTok, VGC underscore news. And until next time, see you later. VGC, a video games podcast, is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.